in the remarkable interview that Pope Francis gave several weeks ago, the first question that was asked was, who is Jorge Mario Bergoglio? And our Holy Father answered, I am a sinner. But then he added, I am a sinner whom the Lord has looked upon. And then he went on to speak about this wonderful painting of the call of St. Matthew by the painter Caravaggio in Rome, that our Holy Father, whenever he visited Rome earlier in his life, he always liked to go to that church and just meditate upon it. Holy Father, referring to that painting, said, that finger of Jesus pointing at St. Matthew, that's me. I feel like Matthew. I am a sinner. But I trust in the infinite mercy and patience of our Lord Jesus Christ. That candid admission from someone in such a lofty position, the first question, I think, caught us all by surprise with his truthfulness and honesty. And I think in a moment, he just became all the more real and truly human to the world and to each of us. It's not easy to admit that we are sinners. And yet in the gospel today, Jesus holds up the tax collector who says, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The truth of the matter is, is that we are all sinners. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. And we live in a world that is permeated and filled with sin. But I think if the truth of the matter were told, more and more we live in a world that is very much filled with people who are like that first person, the Pharisee in the gospel today, who's very, very narcissistic, denying sin, very focused on themselves, not willing to admit the obvious of sin in their lives. I'm speaking at all the Masses this weekend about a sin that permeates our world today and I think has what I would call a vice grip upon our world and upon the lives of countless individuals today. That is the sin of pornography. And the truth of the matter is, is that exploitative sex is everywhere now in our world. It permeates advertising, we know that, our TV shows. Look at musical entertainment, pop singers. You can hardly avert your eyes. Why are all the singers, what I would call oversexed, hypersexed, all taking their clothes off? Is that the only way you can be successful today? You may not think this is appropriate to talk about this in church. But, again, go to Jesus. He faced evil wherever he met it. He never backed away from it. Whether they were 
people who were possessed or the notorious sinners that he met in his life, like the woman at the well the woman caught in adultery. And we always see in these remarkable stories the great compassion and mercy of Jesus when he met sin. And so consequently, when we live in the midst of this great sin that is in our midst, when we invite Jesus into it, it too can fill us with great hope as well. As I said, whenever Jesus met sin, he never backed away from it. In fact, he named, he named the sin very clearly, as he did with the woman at the well, as he spoke very openly about her sin, talked about it. So what about this sin of pornography? It's huge. It's the elephant in the room. Twelve to fifteen billion dollar industry in our country. It has more than doubled, more than doubled since 2006 alone. Sex represents the third largest economic sector on the internet today. It is the third most searched for word on internet engines, search engines. Video pornography takes in more revenue than professional baseball, football, and basketball combined. And you know today how huge that is. Just look at how big football is just this weekend. Now combine all that together. You see how big this is. There are more than 4 million pornographic websites on the Internet the average age for the first, a first Internet exposure to pornography is 11 years of age. If you don't think your kids are exposed to it, you're living in another world. 90% of boys 12 to 17 have viewed for pornography. It's an addiction that affects both men and women. Those studies show that men view pornography in a much larger proportion than women. What is Pornography consists in removing the love of a man and woman and puts it on display to anonymous, anonymous third parties for illicit profit of others and immerses all in some kind of strange fantasy world. It's a grave offense against chastity. Why? Because we're all made in the image and likeness of God. And it debases us. It debases all who participate in it in a grave way. It does. Now, how did we get here today? This just does not happen overnight. It does not. It's been a long road to get to where we are today. I like history because it helps me understand how we got here. But the truth of the matter is it took literally probably a couple hundred years to get here started all the way back with the Industrial Revolution. Up until that time, families were intact. Mother and father and children lived together for ages together. But with the Industrial Revolution, fathers for the first time were separated from their children, from their wives, for long hours, a whole day, 12, 
14, 16 hours, day after day after day, week after week after week. Does this does not affect a family? It does. And these fathers had this great pressure to produce. But the promise was what? That you will acquire. You acquire more things than you ever had before. So the push was on. The pressure was on to produce and to acquire. And we still live in this world today. And that caused great, great pain for a lot of people. And how do you relieve that pain? And this affected a lot of our families, my family as well, countless families, looking for a quick fix through excessive drinking, gambling, overeating, sex, to name but a few. Next in earnest came the sexual revolution. That came in the 50s. Part of that was the advent of the contraceptive pill. Very simply, we have the separation of, of love and life-giving together. Sex being just about pleasure now. And finally, the third wave, which is the perfect storm, comes 20 to 30 years later with what we call the digital revolution. The computer giving instant access to whatever it is that we crave without ever having to wait. With the digital revolution, we've been acquired to acquire pleasure quickly. And now we live in a world and an age where we hate to wait. I think, I'll give this a little aside here, I think this is really what is behind this thing that we have today called road rage. Because everything we get now is quick, as quick as a button. It is. And that's not the way it is when you have congested highways. Right? It isn't. It's not that quick. You know, my father was a um, traveling salesman for more than 30 years. He drove more than 50,000 miles a year. And when he came home at night, he was tired. But in all those years, I never remember him talking about the people he met on the highway that day and road rage. That was never a part of any conversations, ever. When he retired, he didn't want to stop driving. He enjoyed his job. And him and my mother, they went on countless road trips. He did. He liked to drive. It was his life. Thankfully, maybe I wish he would have lived longer, but the Lord took him before this thing called road rage came along. He never experienced it. He didn't know what it was. That's an aside. But I think that's what's behind this thing called road rage. We hate to wait. In addition, the computer makes this thing called pornography like never before instantly accessible and very affordable along with the perception of being anonymous. But our human sexuality is a very, very beautiful, the most beautiful and sacred gift that God has given to you and I to express our deepest love to another human person in the context of the permanent bond of marriage. 
Men especially use pornography to strip the gears of love, to making it simply something about their own gratification. That's what pornography does. So it's no longer anything to do with love. That's why it's so wrong. Love never uses or takes. Love only wills the good of the other. Love only gives. Countless good people, good people, I want to emphasize that, have gotten caught up in the web of the addiction of pornography. Like countless good people have gotten caught up in the good, gotten caught up in the addictions to drugs and alcohol. Pornography is as addictive as cocaine. It is. You can go from curiosity over the cliff to addiction in no time. That's why it's so dangerous, especially to young people. And young people get at it so quickly. Before you know it, they're, they're caught in it. That's why it's so dangerous. It's very dangerous. The myth about pornography is that people may think they are alone in its use. But the long-term effects affect family, marriage, relationships with others, how we look at others, how we think about others, and our relationship with God. The good news is that Jesus wishes to heal us of these afflictions that come upon us in the course of our lives. Our God is a God of mercy and compassion. And we see that in the gospel today. He holds up the humble tax collector who recognizes this problem and he asks God for help. There are so many stories in the gospel about mercy and compassion of Jesus. One that comes to mind is Jesus who meets the woman at the well and her beautiful story of healing. We have these same paths to healing in our lives and in our church. In the sacraments, we meet the healing face of Jesus. In the sacrament of reconciliation, we experience his loving forgiveness. Many people are so ashamed of their sins. But here we see Jesus. Jesus welcomes sinners. He eats with them. And here you will have these burdens lifted from you. Regular attendance at Mass. Another way to experience the ongoing healing of Jesus. The strength to live the moral life does not come from our own good intentions. Those are worthless. I'll say it again, they're worthless. It only comes from the grace of God and the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it alone. As Jesus says to the woman at the well, whoever drinks the water that I shall give you will never thirst again. God will give you that grace. You don't get it yourself. So you've got to turn to God. You've got to hand it over to God. Our life is a pure gift from God so that we can be a gift to one another. We were not created in this life to acquire and to take. It's not that pleasure is wrong. Pleasure is good. But it must always be received in the context of love. That's where we receive real pleasure in that context. And we're not created to just get pleasure quickly. That's the myth in our culture today. We were created to make beauty, to create beauty. And that often takes time. It often takes a lifetime. 
because that is how God created us, in his own image and likeness. God is still creating us. He'd not finished yet. And he is thankfully still healing us as well.